Welcome to Screen Tones, a webcomic podcast. This episode is our pilot app where we talk about where we each get our inspiration from to tell our own webcomics while we also figure out how the heck to host a podcast. So please stick around. Just do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, said tomorrow. So just do it. Face your dreams. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking, but this is fine. Um, <laughs> I like the laughing intro. This is just really great. For yeah, just laughing pilot, and nothing else. Um, <laughs> I guess we should start with a topic. Uh, Weren't we doing influences? Yes, yes, we were. Should we do an intro? <laughs> this is the All right, we'll do, do it live. Yeah, <laughs> all the noise there. <laughs> You'll edit this out, right? <laughs> Welcome to the pilot episode of Screen Tones, a web comic podcast. My name is Crispy. I use she/they pronouns, and I make ghost junk sickness. I'm uh, Varathane, and I work on the webcomic Witchwood. I'm Renny. Uh, I work on the webcomic uh, Cape Last, and I use she, her pronouns. And I'm Ray. I work on the comic Overlord of Ravenfell and on Empyrean High. Um, so today and uh, tonight, <laughs> only tonight, <laughs> is going to be our first unofficial official uh, podcast that we're going to attempt to... Um, have fun with (laughs) and we're going to talk about influences tonight it's it's going to be real like we're going to be talking about the the conception where where our minds expanded and exploded to make the comics that we do now um i'm gonna throw you right under the bus renny and i'm gonna gonna force you to go first (laughs) (laughs) oh so my influences are freaking all over the place but i think the biggest things at least that influence the style and the tone of my comic work in general is a lot of like the anime i liked growing up and the anime i would have liked growing up if i had actually found it um so a lot of retro anime like evangelion is the the big one uh sailor moon's up there um Slayers is a recent find that I absolutely love the styling of uh, Tenchi Moryu. So it's like a lot of those, like that era of anime that had a very specific look and feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to combine that with a little bit more of the bombastic storytelling used by uh, Studio Trigger with a lot less fan service. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's where a lot of a lot of it comes from me is just getting that that nostalgia without being a nostalgia comic because I, I desperately don't want to be like, oh, I'm just doing oh, the retro, haha, nostalgia. Because that's just, no. It's like a respectful nod to the work that inspires Ex- yes, you. Yes, exactly. Without without trying to be referential. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I think that's that's awesome. And I definitely see that reflected in, in Kate the Blastle. 
I definitely see, <laughs> see that like quote unquote classic anime realness. Uh, I think you did a, a wonderful job. Excellent. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it, Mr. Krabs. Um, I'm going to go down the line. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to now select you, Ray, from the pumpkin oh patch. My. Oh, yes. Um, what are your references for the comics that you've made? Okay, so probably the most obvious reference for me is Clamp, because, you know, I'm basic. Uh <laughs> But Clamp was a huge influence for me. It was like the first manga that I really read was Rick Veda, which not a lot of people know of as far as Clamp's stuff. They mostly think Cardcaptor Sakura or Tsubasa, uh, Chobits and stuff like that. But um, I like the ones that they make that break your heart. <laughs> <laughs> The feels pain train. The feels pains, their tragedies. I just, I love that they do shoujo, but they also just go into really dark places. So that's probably one of my main influences. Uh, Slayers is a big influence for me, too. Um, for Ravenfell in particular, Kyokara Mao is also a big influence. Um, and also just... I know Kaiori Yuki, Watase, and all those like classic shoujo mangaka have been pretty big and prominent in my work. Um, but also like video games like mm, Breath yes. of Fire and Final Fantasy and like the Sega, Sa Sega Genesis, Fantasy Stars, and stuff like that are also pretty huge influences. I I Just, love the way that you implement like the influences that you've told me into, uh, especially Ravenfell, just because that's the one that's released right now. Mm -hmm. um, seeing the Slayer's influence and the clamp with the style and stuff like that, and like I said before, I think I love that respectful nod to your inspirations i think that's that's something to aspire to definitely i feel like i just toss everything into a blender and let it do its own thing <laughs> i mean that's the best way to do it eh <laughs> I mean, be like i like this part so i'll use this <laughs> comics comics uh, I'm now going to be asking Thane uh, of the group with this question uh, about the influences of your work ah, this is some, a question where my answer has changed considerably uh, over the years because uh, Witchwood is actually my second webcomic and I feel like for each thing that I create when I when I try to think about like what influenced me I'm always going to be thinking about it from the lens of like whatever my current project is and mm -hmm. uh, it's it came in a funny trajectory for me because I I grew up watching uh, reading and watching a lot of superhero stories uh, and I was super into X-Men Evolution as a kid um, and then when I got a little older, went into high school and stuff, I got, uh, I discovered Inuyasha, which was like my gateway to the rest of the wild world of anime. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and I was obsessed ever since then, uh, especially like there, there's so many like tropes in it that I'd never seen done before or like never seen done quite in that way. Um, and I just loved like the storytelling style. I started devouring like everything by Rumiko Takahashi um, and then just kind of reading everything else I could get my hands on. So that kind of formed a big part of the inspiration for my first webcomic, Geralt, um, as well as a, a video game called Jack and Daxter and uh, an indie comic series from the 70s called ElfQuest, uh, which I was super duper into as a teen as well. Um, and then uh, once I finished my first webcomic, I actually kind of went back to my roots a little bit because uh, Witchwood was a story that I started turning over way, way back in like middle school. Um, back when I was still primarily influenced by superhero stories, of all things. Um, and while I wouldn't call Witchwood a superhero story, I feel like the uh, X-Men evolution roots are still mm. just barely visible mm -hmm. in the work if you squint. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it's also just kind of all blended together with a little bit of everything else that I've like experienced and enjoyed since then. So it's got a huge helping of anime and like a nice a nice slice of video games um final fantasy i think <laughs> is probably also factor. <laughs> yeah it's funny because i never played a ton of the final fantasy games up until very recently but because i've been aware of them for so long and so many of my peers were so into it like the aesthetic was inescapable and like i watched advent children without playing the game that it was based on and i was just obsessed with the look like the look and feel. So I was like, I want to do things like this. <laughs> um, anyway, that's my, uh, that's my current answer. I mean, again, in a year it'll change. <laughs> that's, that's how they do. That's how they do. They're just like, Oh no, it was this actually all along. <laughs> when you discover something new and it just kind of morphs into uh, another set of influences. Or when you're just like, Oh shit, this story <laughs> It's pretty much based off of this one that I read a long time ago. Yes! Like, like influence tunnel. Like, I was working on my necromancer story that I want to eventually do. And I was looking at it, and I'm like, oh shit, this is just Rick Veto with a necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had that recently, too, where, like, the next comic idea that I want to do, uh, which is kind of a dumb space adventure... Uh, a bunch of us are watching Space Dandy, and I was like, oh, yes, I want this energy. <laughs> <laughs> Chaotic and just energetic and random and wild, but still cohesive somehow. Yes, somehow. <laughs> I thought I had gotten away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really oh my thought goodness. I got away from the superhero influences. And yes. then the more I look at my current work, I'm like, oh, no, it's still there. It's been there the whole time. You can't escape. <laughs> <laughs> so crispy what about you and your influences me, me the crisp um too many <laughs> next <laughs> um uh so the current project that we're working on uh i work on ghost junk with my sister space rocket bunny and uh that is one of those long haul holy heck it's been in production for a while and we're finally doing it during live now uh, seven years old and um so the influences are definitely like kind of all over the map with what we've taken from uh you know whatever to kind of put into that but 
the main ones uh, that definitely stick out are uh, <laughs> Final, Final Fantasy. <laughs> Specifically, uh, Final Fantasy VII, the setting, the way that they develop the characters and the themes are something that we really consider uh, when writing the story, as well as uh, Cowboy Bebop, again, with the setting, uh, the thematic episode nature uh, that they have in the series is something that is kind of a cornerstone of the work that we do. We do a lot of things supremely thematically. Um, That's just how we write. And again, it's in space and it's sci-fi. It's great. Um, we also are very, very inspired by uh, the darker tones that Full Metal Alchemist uh, has. And um, I think that's just a very, again, large part of the work. And of course, uh, Trigun. Um, massive influence with that. Dark themes. The manga has amazing ink work something I aspire to be still by today and it's just the pacing the design um everything kind of like that all bundled in one and uh actually going back to the discussion that we had right before I answered this question with new influences uh Doro Heidoro is definitely something that's kind of on the table now uh that I've recently seen it it's kind of like oh this is another thing to kind of look forward to and take from now and that's that's exciting. I think it's it's great delving into media all over the place will still influence your work. And the great thing about web comics is because they're transformative, they're slowly developing along as you tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I was thinking when I was watching Dragon Goes House Hunting, like this is the kind of stuff that I like, you know, is why I made Ravenfell. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I like the whole like looking at a fantasy setting and be like, well, what if you just turn it on your head on its head? <laughs> yeah, the quirky charm of it all definitely is captured in Ravenfell. And I do appreciate that you went that route. It's it's something you don't see a lot in webcomic worlds and I think you do that very well. The classic comedy. It's great. Yeah. Sometimes it's just more fun to make a character that's really bad at something. I mean, <laughs> frequently. I I think I think that's like not web comics, but like that's why like the shows like the Venture Brothers are so popular because I think the the creator of the Venture Brothers said that every single character in that show is terrible at what they do, and that's <laughs> what makes them compelling. <laughs> I mean, that's so true for storytelling. I mean, not to be controversial here. On our first episode. <laughs> controversy? Here? You want controversy? <laughs> I love how prepared you were. Um, this is the first episode. Oh my god. Um, I have the sound I, I just have the soundboard up. I need to get uh I need to get it. <laughs> but wow um one thing that like you know now i'm gonna i'm gonna go with your venture brothers statement is the fact that it's just like people don't read stories that are perfect it's just there's nothing that happens in the story that is perfect i mean especially with something that's like a relationship i mean if someone is is the the base of the stories that they're perfect and they get along perfectly and nothing bad happens and there's nothing between them that has any kind of conflict and no there's no adversity to anything it's just like why am i why am i here 
I, I mean, like, not every story obviously has to have that, but um, give me something to look at. And I feel like uh, more so than necessarily needing conflict, uh, what, what you kind of need is a challenge to throw yes. at the characters. Like, what, what you want to see is not somebody dealing with everything completely perfectly all the time, uh, but, like, show, show that they have to work work a little for the mm-hmm. things that they want show that they're maybe they maybe they struggle sometimes or they just try really hard and it doesn't necessarily you know you don't you don't get everything that you want on the first try super no. easily all the time yeah exactly. yeah it, like you can have your power fantasies and still have complexity in like the things that they face like one of the most frustrating animes i've ever had i've ever watched was building up to this big battle that was over in 10 seconds right (laughs) (laughs) was it twilight (laughs) no well, I mean that that reminds me like the the 10 seconds thing like a show like One Punch Man where like canonically the main character is so strong that he just defeats everything in a single punch, but it it doesn't come across as dull because they've put the challenges in somewhere else. Like you and, find and that that's literally <laughs> his problem is because he can be everyone. He's bored out of his mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just like the the point of the challenges is really just to put put the characters in a spot that they are unfamiliar with and just see how they react mm. like a fly on the wall and that and yeah. th- so that's like so I think pe- that's why people get hung up on conflict of oh it has to be this big action fight of no like you could put like a put a, a welder in a bake shop and that's conflict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be so try something that's hard for them. Yeah, big agree. Yeah, like like this one um, web comic that I read occasionally is a it's a gaming comic. Gasp um, <laughs> is pretty much about like the big macho guys from video games trying to get rehabilitated into a normal life. Oh, that's <laughs> I love that comic. <laughs> I know the comic. It's so good. <laughs> it, it is good. <laughs> I did have a question for the group, and it's how do you have those respectful nods to your influences in your work without being ham-fisted? Okay, for me, it's just a matter of quantity of influences. I feel like the more that you take from, the less apparent it's going to be like what you're taking from Mm. as well as just the fact that your preferences are always going to show through and they're not always going to perfectly align with what you pretty what you what you consume so your story is pretty much always going to be yours because you're doing what you want as opposed to consuming something that someone else has made Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think for me, um, the way I try to use uh, influences um, is it's less about like putting in references specifically. This might be related to the type of stories that I tend to tell, um, but when I'm inspired by something, um, I try to like 
dig a little deeper into the story and kind of look at what the themes are and the specific tropes and why those might be resonating with me. Uh, I spent a lot of time on TV Tropes, the website, which I think is just a great place to kind of look at, uh, especially if you like thinking about media. Uh, and one of my favorite things that it does is if you go to the page for like something that you're super duper into, like, oh, I don't know, for just off the top of my head, I don't know, maybe X-Men Evolution, uh, you can look... <laughs> And you, you can see all these different tropes listed that are things that have happened in that show, like uh, type character archetypes that reoccur or like very dramatic plot twists that have happened and stuff like that. And you can click through to the page for that trope. And then you can see a whole bunch of other series that kind of did a similar mm. thing, but different. So you can look at your, you know, the, the thing in the story that you watched or read or played and were like, oh, that's incredible. I love that. I want I want to do something that hits other people like that. And then you can actually find other stories that have done similar things, but different. And you kind of uh, read, I, I like to go and read those things too, because <laughs> they've probably also done something that I'll greatly enjoy. And uh, once you start kind of reading widely in in the range that you're into, you can kind of start to see like the commonalities and like figure out here are the broader themes that I can put into my own thing. Uh, and the thing with themes is that they're a lot of them, not all of them, but many of them are pretty like universal and they tend to be so broad that you can play with the same theme as your favorite story. And it's mm -hmm. not copying and it's not even necessarily a reference. Somebody might read your whole story and never even realize that it was inspired by this thing. Uh, but you know, secretly, in your in your heart of hearts, <laughs> those are my thoughts on it. I I think that's such a good like kind of callback to like TV tropes. Using that as an example, especially when like trying to find out like the media that's similar with tropes. I think it's just as a writer to kind of understand um, how to use them and what they're for and stuff like that. Even if you don't quote-unquote use them you might actually you, you probably are using them without knowing and I think it's just good to like reference media the different ways I think that's just I think that's a good that's a good tool um to answer the question myself I think the root of getting references or, or the material that inspires you is to understand the source uh material from the actual beginning because uh, one person could say that they're inspired by um, Magic Knight Ray Earth and say that, uh, <laughs> um, say that, oh yeah, I'm inspired by Magic Knight Ray Earth because it's all about uh, girls fighting with swords and mech. And I will first of all be like, it's not. Um, but second of all, I will be like, but did you understand the theme of it? The theme of that, uh, that kind of, I guess, love and acceptance, actually. And changing the, the world with your own will uh, is a huge theme in the entirety of the story that uh, is missed when you say that it's just girls fighting with swords and mecha. And I think that that's a very appropriate way to use those as your influences. Uh, previously, I said that um, Ghost Junk was very inspired by the writing of Cowboy um, Bebop. And it's in how they handle the themes in each episode that we also implement the same kind of system where um, you have, uh, like I said, a theme that's going to be 
consistent throughout the the episode and the character learns or changes or has new information at the end that uh, adheres to a bigger story. And it was just something that we take from that. And actually, like, again, with that awesome point of getting more different influences that, you know, go with your work. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is is wonderful for that, where everything has a point, a purpose, a theme, and then it, you know, aids to a bigger, larger kind of story. And it was just something that we were really inspired from with how um, that did that. So I think just understanding the, the way that it's created for the purpose that it is created for really, really helps to kind of slip that reference in, slip those inspirations in without people being like wow there it is <laughs> yeah i definitely want to echo the uh, uh the understanding the source material for your references because uh there's nothing worse than doing the the big this is a evangelion reference wink and then completely <laughs> missing the point um like mm. at least using evangelion for that example is like so many you'll see read so many critics on online of just like oh shinji's a bad hero and i'm like that's the point <laughs> shinji doesn't want to be there um and uh, so it's like understanding uh that material is so good and then being able to not only understand that but also be able to take it and make it your own because you can't just what works for like in Crispy's example, Magic Knight Rare, like what works in that comic might not, like if you took it and plopped it in a different story, it might not work if you just carbon copy it. So you really have to like try and like sculpt it almost into fitting your work. Um, and like ha- it has to be this this relationship with your work, not just having your work just like, okay, uh, they're gonna, they're gonna just shout, get in the robot, Kate and <laughs> it's it's going to be hollow you so like it, it, you have to uh to look at the feeling of what that moment in the source material did what it made you feel as well as like understanding the point that it was trying to make so that you can be like okay what are the, what is the point i'm trying to make and how do i get the feel that i i really want to reference here mm-hmm. um and just keeping that in mind as you're crafting that mm-hmm yeah, Ray made a really, really good point about that, too, about just your story will be your own. No matter what you do, what you make with it, it will still, exactly. regardless of everything that's in it, will be your own. And I think that's just, that's the pinnacle of, of, of creating uh, any of any of this stuff. Um, but one thing I did want to talk about, um, maybe in the future, it's it's a huge other topic, but I think knowing and understanding your influences i think is hand in hand um (laughs) it's hand in hand with understanding the audience that you create for and that's like a the deeper dive into uh you know understanding the source material as well it's just like if someone really enjoyed xyz um, this is how you're going to reach them if you could make those parts that really uh, emphasize the the brilliance of the the pieces that you like and and make them shine and you will gather audiences that kind of you know also like that thing I, it's a big other different topic to, to gauge the audience that way but I think it's just something you know little nugget to consider with this whole influence thing it's broad it's broad, baby. How did we want to end this? 
Uh, <laughs> bye, slappers. <laughs> bye, slappers. Uh, that's it, y'all. <laughs> Signing off, slappers. Despite everything, it's still you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the pilot episode of Screen Tones. Please subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Screen Tones Cast.